Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Welcome to Insider's Guide to the Other Side, a production of iHeartRadio. Hi, y'all. I'm Julie. Hi there. I'm Brenda. Welcome to Insider's Guide to the Other Side. Now, y'all need to know that we are obsessed with everything on the other side. Yes, we are. Because once you learn to navigate the energetic, or to some, the invisible world, life is going to be more fun and much more serene. Uh, heck yes, it can. Because let's be honest, Bren, our school is hard. In fact, you taught me that. Let's crush Earth School together. Well, hello, my witchy poo. <laughs> how in the world are you? I'm doing great, my elf. How are you? You know, unlike the title of this episode, I'm actually doing pretty good. I'm not indifferent. Oh, good. <laughs> at the moment. I'm so glad. <laughs> but I'm doing pretty good. We just uh, rolled in uh, back into Arkansas. So it's like, where in the world is your elf? It should be a new card game. <laughs> I like it. I like it. So you're back at the homestead. Back at the homestead. Yeah. 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 We're here. And today we're talking about something people don't often talk about, right? Uh, We are. And it's, it's, here's what's funny. Um, I would never consider myself an, a, an indifferent person. And in fact, the reason (laughs) I actually wanted, right. We can all laugh at that. (laughs) But I learned from our pre-talk because, I mean, as everybody knows, you and I chat, we tell stories. I really wish sometimes we could just record uh, when we're just <laughs> chit-chatting around because it's, it's, they are really amazing conversations. Um, and I remember when we were talking about this, I said, I just had a new experience and I'm feeling something different. You're like, what, my elf? And I go, indifference. Yeah. And I do, I'm not familiar with indifference. Yeah. And there apparently are two sides to indifference. Yeah, it's an interesting position to to land in, especially for someone like you who has so much passion for life. Right. <laughs> I'm exhausting even to myself. 
Yeah. And it, and it's part, it's just part of the many parts that make you so enchanting to be with <laughs> because, <laughs> because your passion is contagious, right? Yeah, let's do that. That could be yeah. fun. <laughs> let's do a podcast. <laughs> you want to go down, you want to, you want to go down the, the street and get some gas? Let's go. <laughs> I know. I know. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> and, I, and I typically find myself to be a relatively optimistic person. I mean, I have things that I'm not necessarily optimistic about, but to experience <laughs> and to feel indifference was new to me. So I have a story. And then um, do you mind if I tell my story? And then we yeah, can kind of like go a, back we and wanna, forth. We want to know how you got to indifference. How like, I what, got to be indifferent, what right? What you into indifference? It's so weird. Um, yeah. So I'll go ahead and get started. It's, um, it's a little bit of a sad story, actually. Back in 19. <laughs> oh my. <laughs> in 1900. Uh, no, in uh, origin, origin story. <laughs> yeah, talk about this is super, this is super origin. But, you know, back in the early 90s, I actually it was 1993. It's when I met Suzanne. Okay. And I was um, 23 years old, turning mm. 24. I was a baby. Baby. I know, right? Baby lesbian, by the way, wearing, um, I, I wore uh, penny loafers <laughs> with holes in the bottom, jean shorts, um, a polo button down and bright red lipstick and my semi-permed hair. I mean, it was, I was quite a package. That's a commitment. <laughs> right? It, you were not indifferent about that. <laughs> no, no. And I remember Suzanne said, why? And I had, ta I had duct tape on the bottom of my shoes. Wow. She says, why do you have duct tape on the bottom of your shoes? I go, because the pavement is hot. And she goes, you know, you can get those resold. I'm like, you can? Now, keep in mind, this is Mama Oklahoma talking. I had no idea. I was Hillbilly <laughs> Julie. It was long before Elf came around. It was Hillbilly. God bless Suzanne. <laughs> God bless her for actually picking me. Because um, I'm not sure I would have. Um, and she's like, well, you know, you can get that. You know, we can take care we, of that. We can take care of that. We can get you new souls. And she's like, well, why, why didn't you just get a new pair of shoes? Listen, I have a wide foot with a high arch. They are, shoes are not fun for me. So if I find something that fits, even if I have to put duct tape on it, I'm going to wear them. <laughs> so anyway, this is the, this is, tis the season of the story, by the way. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I still had those shoes, but Suzanne, she sneaked it one night and threw them away and it really <laughs> pissed me off. But anyway, so around this time, of my uh, duct tape on the bottom of my penny loafers. Um, uh, now, there was I just have to ask, did you actually put pennies in your penny loafers? No. Okay. Just I news? did not. No, but that was a thing though. I mean, people no, did I know. do that. That's I, I, I did am. not. Yeah, I, I did not. Uh, but speaking of currency, because you know how I like to ping pong around. <laughs> um, hadn't noticed. Uh, right. I just took Sicky out on a walk and I found a $20 bill. Oh. Love that. So I can have put lots of pennies and lots of shoes. <laughs> all so of <laughs> all of my shoes. Yeah, it's about, it's really, I have fewer shoes than 20. But anyway, um, so 1993, that is what I look like. And I bet I have a photograph that we could put up if we want to play with the, the, uh, the, the 1993. <laughs> and there was a friend of mine that I grew up with. And we're going to leave her name out of it. But there was a friend of mine that I grew up with, not Cubby, by the way. Um, that <laughs> Who was we generously throw around randomly. Oh, well, my God. Well, seriously, it's like Cubby makes her way into every episode. That uh, it was not Cubby. It was, a, it was a different friend of mine that was coming to Dallas and wanted a place to stay. Mm -hmm. And she's like, do you mind if I stay? I'm like, sure. Now, this was the first place Suzanne and I lived in together. It was like a, a little, you know, kind of condo apartment thing by the Galleria Mall, which Suzanne called the Gonorrhea Mall in Dallas. 
Um, <laughs> my God, I lived less than a mile from there. That's where we were. That's yeah, right off the toad road. Suzanne yep. called the toll road the toad <laughs> road. So well, every, yeah, everything's off the toad road. Yeah. Yep. So it was Galleria Mall. It was early. I mean, it was still 93. And so this friend came to visit and, um, you know, I was still pretty much in the closet with people that I grew up with, you know, mm -hmm. being gay in 1993, okay. especially from Oklahoma, living in Texas is not exactly a welcome news to people. True that. A lot of judgment, um, a lot of issues, right? So this is, you know, my first, this is a story really of my first coming out, not my second one with taking pictures of ghosts. This is actually my first coming out. <laughs> so um, she came to stay with us. She got in kind of, um, I don't know, like late. And it, it was a one bedroom place. She stayed downstairs on the sofa. And then Suzanne and I went to work and we're like, you're welcome to use our bathroom. It's the only one that had a shower in it. And so um, apparently she realized there was one bed. Uh, um, and, uh, she was leaving, like it was a quick kind of turnaround thing. She left. And the day after she left, the number of phone calls that I got from people saying, Hey, Rieger, we heard, we heard you're gay. Uh, so she effectively left that day and burned up the phone lines of Southwestern Bell <laughs> to tell everybody gossipy Rieger's gay. Yeah. Right. So I was none too pleased. In fact, I was hurt and I was embarrassed. I was all of these things because it was my news, right? To share. It wasn't anybody else's and to do it in my own time and in my own way. Now, my mother knew obviously at that time and that was fine, but other people didn't. And I was trying to, I was figuring out a, I was trying on this new body, you know, bodysuit. You yeah. know, I was like, I had a new outfit on trying to figure it out, trying to get comfortable in it yeah. before I go out and have conversations. I never had an issue with new people that I met. No shame, no nothing. It's like, oh yeah, this is my girlfriend at the time, Suzanne, blah, blah, blah. But when you deal with your past in such a tectonic shift in who you thought you were versus who you are mm -hmm. um, is, uh, is a whole other world, right? And it, and for you to lose control of that is harming, harmful. Yes. yes. It, yeah. that's what it felt like. I mean, yeah. I, you know, you hear this and they, ah, don't stab me in the back. I felt I was stabbed all over yeah. is what it felt like. And it felt like my world was collapsing. Um, I got calls from our old family hairdresser. Oh. I got calls from my mother's friends. And were they were they calling out like out of a curiosity or calling out of support? Any of them? It was a bit of both. I think curiosity was more than anything. Okay. You know, luckily at to that point in my life, I felt like I had developed some fairly you know healthy, strong enough relationships that you know I was only I, I there was rejection that had happened during this time. Of course. Um, yeah, sadly by my aunt, but that's a whole not my crazy aunt Marlene. Um, <laughs> on my mom's side. Uh, it, it was my uncle's wife at the time. Uh, and, um, so re rejection was certainly a part of what it was like, but just having to be, it's out of the blue, right? That was the, it was a surprise. I didn't it expect it. It was a sabotage. It was an absolute sabotage. And so yeah. on the note of sabotage, why don't we take a quick break and we'll come back and talk about what happened next. Okay. We'll be right back. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do 
and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's reality podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring bit. out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast juicy. would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. And we are back. Yes. The end. We're back. <laughs> Here we are, everybody. We're I feel back. Like I should say thank you. <laughs> but um, you know, I just want I just look, I know that you are fine today, and you know, it's a story from the past, but what makes me so it just makes me very sad for you to have to deal with that. But it's so you know, people do this every day, but she really made it your personal life and how you move through this world, she made it about her. Like, I have scoop, right? I have, I have social currency. This is going to up my street cred. And, and used that for her own benefit. It wasn't even about, hey, I found this out about our friend. I'm, I'm curious. I'm concerned. I'm supportive. I want you to know. Like, it's not even anything about that. It was, it was about her. Like, otherwise, she wouldn't have had to call so many people. Right. She didn't call me, by the way, in her and uh, in, in her in her dialing happiness. Yeah. She uh, which that's frankly who you should call. I will tell you, though, before we move any further, 
it was such a valuable lesson to where I am a hell of a secret keeper. If somebody, if there's mm-hmm. something going on, I am all about not my news. Yeah. It is not my news. Will I gossip about stuff? Yeah, I'm human, but mm-hmm. I will never break news for somebody. I will never do that because I know exactly what that feels like, which is again, why I'm really not, you know, life experiences can certainly um, mold who we are, obviously. Yeah. Um, doubt. And, um, you know, one of the reasons that I am not an aggressive, cause I'm really not aggressive. I talk aggressive, but I'm not physically aggressive because I mm-hmm. dealt with being, had the shit beat out of me as a kid. Right. So it's like, I know I'm not any of those things. So there is a gratefulness to that mm-hmm. event, to that, to this moment that we're talking about because of it did make me a better person. And I, and I got that message pretty quick. So that's the good news of it. The bad news is it absolutely utterly broke my heart and it was yeah. scary as fuck. Yeah. That is scary when somebody calls you and says, I heard you're gay. Huh? And w- what do you do? I mean, uh, uh, uh. Um, so that was 1993. Let's, um, let's fast forward a little bit. Let's fast forward to uh, about three weeks ago. Okay. <laughs> Excellent. So this person, um, what is our name for people? Sally. Um, Sally. Sally. We're going to say Sally. And it makes me laugh because I see your Sally. <laughs> so let's say Sally. So Sally had reached out and was asking me about crystals. I, I had seen her. Um, she actually was had a nice relationship with my mother. She showed up to her service, you know, 11 years ago. I have seen her since um, we've been here. I had decided to be decent, you know, um, like be kind, I guess, kind slash decent. Um, but she had reached out and was asking me for some help with some crystals for her boys who had a few, you know, some struggles that they were dealing with. And she was texting me. And so I decided that I would just call her back. So we get on the phone and she's telling me about her kids. We're having this really great conversation about crystals. And then she made a comment about um, being at my mother's service. And she goes, even though you were mad at me, it was her comment. And I said, oh. Okay. Wait a minute. Wait and a minute. I, right. And I said, would you like to know why? So I offered, do you want to know? Like, again, that's mm-hmm. a Brenda, spe- that's a Brenda special, <laughs> which is to ask for permission. Right. You're welcome. Thank you. Um, so the Brenda special was, I said, well, would you like to know why? And she said, well, yeah. And I, and I told her, I'm like, well, you outed me to everybody. And she goes, oh, no, I knew it had to do with that trip. I didn't know what it was. I said, really? You didn't know? And it was it was a fine conversation, by the way. You know, she was very apologetic, and I appreciated the um, apology. I absolutely accepted it. She tried to explain herself, which is fine. Um, later even came back and asked if she could tell the story to her sons, to teach her sons a lesson. Like, she accepted it. She accepted her role. I mean, I, by the way, a plus for how she handled the, the recent conversation. Um, she really didn't know, you know, I, 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 she's 20, she was in the range of 23 when it happened as well. Right. So just an immature 23. Right. I mean, and I even gave her that out. I said, listen, we were young. I said, it's still not okay. You should have known better. Yeah. You know, but I'll write off the age, um, but still it's not okay kind of thing. Okay. And um, uh, so then, it so how the indifference came about was, um, of course, now Cubby comes into play. 
Of course. <laughs> and because um, she always comes into play. I just hang up the phone with her 10 minutes before we got on. So she always comes into play. And uh, so I told Cubby what happened. And again, this whole conversation, the whole event that happened was not planned. Mm-hmm. Um, it was probably, uh, what is that, 30 years to uh, 30 years a little late. And I even said that on uh, when the conversation, I said, I will actually own the fact that I did not speak to you after that because I could have done that. You know, both of us could have done some different things. There's no question. So I tell Cubby the story and she goes, oh, wow. She's like, well, Rieger, how do you feel? Like, how, how do you feel about this? And I sat there and I kind of was like, hmm, how do I feel? And I go, this is a very foreign feeling to me. She goes, what do you mean? She goes, are you relieved? She started giving me a list <laughs> of adjectives, right? Like, how do you oh, feel? These are emotions, not adjectives. But <laughs> and emotions. Okay. <laughs> um, she was probably expecting me to actually use some adjectives, by the way. Um, and and I, I go, I this one's new to me. And I said, I think I need to pick indifferent. Mm. And she goes, well, what do you mean? And she goes, do you not feel better? And I said, no. She goes, you don't feel worse? I said, no. Mm. I don't feel better. I don't feel worse. Um, I'm glad we had the conversation. But in terms of, because I checked my body, right? Again, mm-hmm. another Brenda special. These things happen and I do a check head to toe. What do I feel? Do I feel any different anywhere in my body? How does my heart feel? How does my gut feel? How does my back feel? How do my knees feel? How do my ankles feel? I'm going through the whole thing about what, what sign am I going to get? What, 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 what is my body telling me? How right, I what feel? information is available to me here? Exactly right. right. What information is available to me? I felt no different. I didn't feel heavier. I didn't feel lighter. I didn't feel more flexible. I didn't feel stiffer. I didn't feel hot. I didn't feel cold. I mean, that like this, I kept going through those and poor Cubby has to listen to me go through it. Well, I don't feel hot. I don't feel cold. I don't feel that, you know, Cubby's like, what the hell are you doing? Rager? And I landed at this place of, I go, I, I, I think I feel indifferent. This is foreign. I don't know what to do with this because I normally would be like, oh, it was great. We're going to go have dinner. No, it wasn't that. Or it wasn't a, I never want to speak to that bitch again. Nope. When any of that, it was this kind of, you know, I would have been, yeah, I, I, I'm fine to see her. I'm fine. Not, I mean, it's just a indifference. So yeah. And then you told it, go ahead, please tell me. I was just going to say, it's like a profound neutral within you. Like it doesn't have any momentum. It doesn't have any stickiness to hold you back. It's just like, it is what it is. Is profound neutrality more of a accurate word for it? It's just another word for it. It's another word for like, but it just felt indifferent to me. Um, And again, I could be using the word incorrectly and that's always fair, but it's one I'm very unfamiliar with. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm unfamiliar with being a gymnast. That is as equally <laughs> as unfamiliar I am with the word indifferent. <laughs> I'm unfamiliar with being a supermodel as I'm unfamiliar with the word indifferent. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. And again, the, uh, you know, we opened with this isn't a word that people talk about very much because mm-hmm. it's it's just not used very often because usually we are talking about things either we're really passionate about in a positive way or in a negative way, right? We're not- Right, you, charged, you, words that have charge. Right. This word that, doesn't have charge to it until right. you told me it did. Well, it can. And we're going to talk about that when we come back from this break. Uh-huh. <laughs> English lesson, lesson from the wise witch. <laughs> Chatty witch, anyhow. <laughs> 
Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's reality podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring bit. out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old us. Oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed and to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. And we are back from the cubby break. No, I was kidding. <laughs> I was just saying on break. It's like I hit the like best friend lotto with Kevin. I could not be happier in the world. <laughs> it's so great. Yeah. It's so great. Um, so when you know when we were talking about indifference and how like it doesn't have any charge, and there's the other side, right? Because everything has a different. Potential potentiality to it, a different interpretation is that when people think about hatred, 
they think about, you know, being like they they do like when it, when you're able to to think or do or speak harm to someone with intention, like you have to be passionately engaged with them, right? That's what they think. But there is an element that the research would indicate you that you actually end up being indifferent to them because there is a part of the brain that says your pain is nothing to me right so that is the flip side of indifference where it's not a profound neutrality it creates an opening for to create pain that is uh, everybody can go back and listen to magical douchebag because I believe that I was indifferent, that definition of indifferent with that conversation. Say more about that. Um, uh, I, I could, whichever direction he wanted to go, I could really care less. And I was more than happy to rain terror on him by being so calm mm. because I didn't care. Yeah. I mean, it was indifferent in that way. Yeah. And so I think it's important to think about that because like there is a profound neutrality that is serenity that says it is what it is. I'm in acceptance with things I can't change or control, right? That That is literally part of the serenity prayer, right? <laughs> um, and in, in that way, that that can be an indifference that is choosing both serenity and sanity. And then there is the shadow side of serenity of, of indifference that says, I don't care. You, I am indifferent to your happiness, to your wellness, to your pain, to your suffering. You don't matter to me in any way, shape, or form, right? Which is the opposite of compassion and empathy and these things that fuel our humanity. Right. That is not the definition of an indifference that I experienced. I am so glad, though, to understand that. Yeah. Um, because now I can actually pinpoint those different times that I actually probably wasn't different in that way, which again goes back to the magical douchebag. It's like, I didn't give a shit about his pain. Right. I mean, I really didn't. <laughs> I was just like, go ahead, like yeah. spin yourself up, knock yourself out. Don't I care. am not going to pick you up. I don't, I don't care. Yeah. That is not how I feel about this other one. Right. Yeah. And and again, I think these are distinctions, right? These are is this is a very esoteric in a way that people may or may not care, but it's also a very nuanced way to live in you know, to move through life with these distinctions to know which frequency am I activating? Which side am I landing on with consciousness and discernment? There's a huge accountability on a soul level, right? And again, if you don't know to look for the shadow side of it, when you don't know to look, like, Ooh, what, where, where am I landing in this? Where do I choose to activate? I can feel it, but I don't have to activate it within me. I don't have to voice it. I don't have to act upon it. Um, this is this is a very high spiritual lesson, right? So that's that's why I thought it was interesting. Oh, I love that. I, I think it was fa- I Listen, let's be honest. I love to bring this stuff up because you <laughs> always teach me something and it's just so valuable. And, you know, we share these stories. We've said this a hundred times, but we share these stories. I mean, albeit very personal stories because there is somebody out there 
that has experienced something similar and they can at least put a name to it and they can think through it. And the magic of this is the paying attention, yeah. right? It's that being present and paying attention. And I, like when I say, you know, so-called Sally, uh, <laughs> SCS, so-called Sally, um, that I felt in, you know, that she got an A plus plus for how she handled the whole conversation. I would give myself a solid A for paying attention, mm. you know, and um, I, I, I always strive to have that high mark in life now because paying attention, like I want to learn my stuff. I want to know where I'm going. Um, I want to un understand it. So when it happens again, if it happens again, I know what it is. I want to identify. I, and I can, again, you're looking for that information in your algorithm of life that says, what can I pull from? You know, and, and when you live with consciousness and that level of awareness, you've kind of do, you know, what in the business world, right? They call a hot wash, right? Then what, what would, what do we love? What do we hate? What would we do differently? How can we improve it? What would we never do again? <laughs> like, but when you live with that level of accountability, you're always improving your own algorithm. And, um, and again, you have to pay attention. And, you know, all the stories we share is, you know, in Morgan, the archetypal version, like we know someone has at least one person out there has this, thing going on in their world. Like we just assume, you know, the all is in the small and the small is in the all. So yeah. Listen to you. Like you are spouting <laughs> off coffee cups like crazy right now. It's fantastic. The algorithm of life. The all that like this is a whole coffee cup series. <laughs> That's me, right? <laughs> or teacup because yes. Yeah. Neither one of us drink coffee, so that was weird. <laughs> Who am I? Doesn't mean we don't use them. <laughs> oh, that's true. That's true. They're a good uh, serving size for sugar-free pudding. Um, so somebody maybe has done that allegedly. Use coffee cups for that. Um, you know, I um, I also think what's really important is to not only understand, like in the moment, right, like those emotions and and what we're dealing with, and the the light, the shadow, all of that of it. But also, what could have been done different from my side? Because I'm always into keeping my side of the street clean mm -hmm. the best I can. I, I have no power and influence over anybody else's side of the street, but only my own. And if I could go back, I would have had the courage to pick up the phone. I didn't have courage at that time. I was a cowardly lion no, in the moment. I, I would say you were under sabotage, right? You were under attack. That's what well, it felt like true. in the moment. Yeah, yeah it, it did. Yeah, and it's really hard to take the high road when you are, you know, your whole nervous system thinks you are in fight, flight, and, you know, your your life is at risk. Because socially, that's what it felt like. Like, wait, what? Very much did. Yeah. Yeah. So, because you were sabotaged. So, now weeks later, maybe months later, you could have. But maybe, maybe not let 30 years go by, maybe is what my overall message is. <laughs> maybe it's not the next day. But I'm telling you, when you get a call, from your childhood hairdresser named Tawista <laughs> Hoodenpile. That's the name, by the way. Nobody will ever be able to spell it or remember it, but it is the wildest ass name I've ever met. But of Tawista Hoodenpile. When you get a call from your high school, right? You get a call, it's like, oh, I heard your guy. I'm like, oh, shit. Right? It's that, oh, shit. I didn't get to sit down with her. And I, by the way, absolutely loved her. She was a big part of our life. Small mm -hmm. town, right? This is, mm -hmm. doesn't matter what anybody does. Yeah. They're just a big, you know, who cares? It's yeah. mom, Oklahoma, um, big part of our life and, um, not being that being stripped away of me being able to sit with her and tell her, here's what's going on. Yeah. You know, I didn't get that chance. It's a big deal. 
It's a really big. Deal. I didn't get it, and uh, and that was very upsetting to me. That's very much in that kind of Buddhist, I think, um, way of you know theft, stealing from them is actually stealing someone's moment, not actually stealing somebody's watch, right? Not the material objects. It, it's the more important things, uh, like taking somebody's moment. And and she took a lot of moments from me, mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah. So I just think it's important to tell these stories, people to think about. And if you hold information of, of somebody like this, you know, um, think, stop, drop, and roll before you pick up the phone and start calling or texting or getting on social media to out somebody or whatever it may be, you know. Um, and the other thing is, I think when we're dealing with other people so often, like, why would they do that? Right. There's a, your mind just spins. Why, why would they do that? Why would they do that to me? Why would they do like our mind literally wants to know. And there are things that are unknowable. Like we don't know. I mean, from the sounds of it, she wasn't even aware. Probably not. That that she didn't even understand that that wasn't hers to share. We do so many things unconsciously. Right. And she's just like, I got gossip. (laughs) <laughs> you know, and that's that says more about her, you know, who she is in the world than anything else. Um, you know, and so you just have to go, you know what? They they made that choice. I don't have to understand it. Right. Because it's right. not my choice. I have so to why does it matter? Right. My and and some things you're never gonna you're just never gonna understand because you're right. not them. You didn't you didn't make that choice. You couldn't even imagine making that choice. So I think that's a really important step to release you from even the idea that she did that to you however many people she called she did that to you how many times but you could have lived a life completely damaged by that by going over it and over it and over it in your head and it seems to me like you just stepped away from that after you dealt with everyone and yeah, just I did forward like you didn't let it re-traumatize you over and over again and I think no, I stepped away you're yeah. absolutely right that's exactly what I did and so I think one way, when you, if you find yourself stuck in a situation where someone truly victimized you in this way, you know that you have to just go. You know what? I don't. Ha- it's not my job to understand their crazy or their cruelty or their unconsciousness, whatever it was, and just give yourself permission to move forward with your life. Yeah, and I will say, thirty years later, yes, I do not believe that's who she is anymore. So I will absolutely give her that. I will give her. I gave her the A plus plus on it. Yeah. That's great. Um, and, uh, and I mean, really high marks. So yeah. there's that. That's beautiful. That's all, and then truly all you can hope for. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Well, my elf, thank you for another interesting earth school lesson. <laughs> so beautiful. It's like bombarded with them for the love of God. It's like, <laughs> it's always something in my world. What have you done to me, witchy poo? <laughs> I live another myself. Just good living, I think. <laughs> good living, that's right. That's right. So, thank you. And thanks for listening, everybody. And remember, Earth School is hard without the other side. Bye, y'all. Thank you for joining us, everyone. And a special thanks to our producer, Joey Pat, and our executive producer, Maya Cole Howard, who guides us while we guide you. Hit us up on Instagram at Other Side Guides or shoot us a note at hi, H-I, at vibes.store. We want to know what you think, we want to know what you know, and we want to hear your stories. And remember, our school is hard without the other side. Insider's Guide to the Other Side is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Hey, girlfriends. It's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.